we are. Instead of trying to get rich, we must realize that we already are rich. So with God's help, it's time to be rich in what matters most. Well, good morning, everybody. How is everyone doing this morning? Doing good? My name is Glenn Wolf. I'm one of the pastors here at City Church, and I am honored to speak with you today. I was already excited to speak to you, but the fact that now you're here and in this room, I'm even more excited than I was before. And uh, we are in part two of our series entitled Being Rich. And to be very clear, this message is not about getting rich. This message is about, about being rich. And last week we discovered that, uh, that uh, we are rich. In fact, if we live in America... We are rich. Now, let me prove it to you if you weren't here last week. How many of you make more than $2.50 a day? Show of hands, all right? More than $2.50. Okay, you're rich. Uh, let me ask you this. How many of you have more than one shirt? More than one shirt? Yeah? Um, how many of you have ever scanned your closet? You already know where I'm going with this, don't you? And then screamed out to whoever else was in your home, I have nothing to wear! Come on, ladies, don't get holy on me. Come on, don't even die. Come on, fellas, don't even lie to me now. Don't even lie to me, fellas. Right? We're rich. And so, here, but here's, here's the cool thing about this series is that if we realize that we, we are rich, then we can quit playing the game of trying to get rich. Instead, we can, we can learn how to be rich in, in what matters most. And so, uh, we're here. At, would you turn your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 6? 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17, this is our main passage of Scripture for this series. And uh, I want to hear what God has to say through the, the Apostle Paul when it comes to concerning people that are rich. What, how, do we, how can we be rich in what matters most? 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. And if you do not have a Bible, you can follow along on the screen. And if you don't have a Bible, uh, if you have a smartphone, you can download version, the Bible app, and uh, you can read it wherever you would like. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. You there? All right, all four of us. Let's do it. We'll, we'll, everybody else will get there. <laughs> Command those who are rich. Who's that? That's us, right? According to, Americans, according to the world standards, that's us, right? And so, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant. Arrogant simply means prideful. Prideful means too much attention on self, okay? So we can either... We can either be focused on what we don't have, which is still pride, or we can be relish in the things we do have, which is still pride, right? He's saying here that instead of all of that, forget about all that. In fact, the opposite of pride really is gratefulness, isn't it? So I think, I think, I think what he's saying here is, hey, don't be, don't be focused on what you don't have, the car you don't have or the house you don't have, and, and also don't be too prideful about what you do have, the cool clothes you have or whatever you got. Instead, why, how about we just be grateful for what God has given us? That's such a better place, place to be. So, so let's not be arrogant about it. In fact, I just went to a third world country. We went to the Dominican Republic. And um, if I stood one of them here on this stage, half the things you do would be, would be arrogant to them. I'm just being real. I mean, right? So, so let's not be arrogant about it. Let's not be so small-minded into our American culture, to our, our little first-world society. Let's hear what the Bible has to say here. And then look what he says. He says, nor to put your help in wealth, which is so uncertain. Somebody can say amen to that. That's true, right? But put your hope in, in God, 
who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Now, I just want to take a second here because there's kind of two thoughts on finances and generosity. One of them is what we call the prosperity gospel, which is that God's called you to drive a Bentley. God's called you to always be healed. And if you're not healed, then apparently you're doing something wrong as if you had something to do with it, right? That's the prosperity gospel, well, the, which is wrong. The, the other side of that, though, is the poverty gospel, which says that because you're a Christ follower, you should never have anything. I think this is a pretty good balance here in this passage as he's talking about finances. Because he says, look, says, uh, God richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. But he doesn't clearly say what our enjoyment is. In fact, he goes on, I think verse 18 kind of explains how we can find the most joy, right? So then, and this is where I want to focus on this morning. It says, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and be generous and willing to share. So I've entitled this message, when we talk about being rich and being rich in what matters most, I want to talk about being rich in good deeds. And as we pray this morning, our pastoral prayer this morning, we're going to lift up pastors Caleb and Sarah Worley, and they are launching a life-giving church today in East Orlando. So we're excited about them. And so our pastor already met with them. And so we just want to pray that God would use that church to do some incredible things. Amen. Would you join with me, Father? We lift up these pastors to you, and we lift up Victory Orlando over in East Orlando. God, we pray in Jesus' name that they would just see an amazing move of God in that part of the city. Lord, we thank you for these pastors laying down their lives. Lord, for all the volunteers and leaders, God, that are coming beside them and and linking arms together as a family, wanting to serve their city. God, we are just so honored for them to be doing that. And Lord, we just speak your blessing over them today. I pray that he preaches his butt off today. I pray that it goes incredible. I pray that people get saved. I pray that people move forward in Christ. And, And God, we ask that the same thing would happen here. That God, what you've downloaded in my heart as I've wrestled with this message, God, speak to each one of us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. So here's a question for you. Um, when it comes to good deeds, are you, are you poor in good deeds? Are you uh, middle class in, in good deeds? Or are you, are you rich in good deeds? Notice I did not ask you how much money you make. I did not ask you where, what, what type of position you have. I'm simply asking you when it comes to good deeds. Because good, all good deeds are not about finances. So when it comes to good deeds, understanding that we are rich according to the world's standards, uh, are you poor in good deeds? Are you middle class in good deeds? Or are you rich in good deeds? And I believe that God has called us to be rich in good deeds. In fact, we just read it in 1 Timothy chapter 6. And when it comes to good deeds, I want you to know this. We are not saved by good works. We are saved for good works. So when we talk about doing good deeds, it's, listen, we're not trying to earn our salvation. We are not trying to work ourselves to God as if God has his wrath on us. And unless we, we work hard and give more and serve more, then we're in trouble. That is not a relationship in the New Testament with the grace of God. Okay? We are not saved by good works, but at the same point, you better believe it, we are saved for good works. There is a good work that God has prepared in advance for us to do. In fact, let me show it to you in the Bible. It's Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 says this, For it is by God's grace that you have been saved. Grace means unmerited favor. We did not deserve it. We cannot earn it. It's by His grace that we've been saved through faith, right? We, we took hold of that. We, uh, by our faith, we received that grace. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift 
of God, right? It is his gift. We didn't, then it says, nor by works, so that no man can boast. For we are God's handiwork. Ooh, that's so good, isn't it? Because, listen, let me, just, let me just preach to you real quick. I have to flip right, just for a moment here. Uh, there has been negative things that have been said about you. Either somebody else has said them, or you've looked in the mirror and said them to yourself. But I want you to know today, you are God's handiwork. And you are created, listen to this, in Christ Jesus. We're not talking about anybody. You're not created in some person that God made. You are created in His Son. In the Son of God, you are created in Him. And listen to this, but not just, not just so that you can feel great about yourself. Listen, to do good works. Listen to this, it gets even better. It could just stop there. It's crazy. Which God prepared in advance for us to do. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. You know what that, you know what that tells me? And if you're writing out any notes, you might want to write this down, but you have a divine to-do list from God. There is a divine to-do list that God has prepared in advance for you. And it's not about works. It's not about you just trying to look better in front of the other Christians that are in the room. No, there are, there are opportunities for good deeds that are right in front of you. It's a divine to-do list. And you know what you're supposed to do with them? Take ownership of them. Let me tell you how you do that. You know, in your heart, you go, that one's mine. I don't know what it might be, uh, uh, but you need to say, that one's mine. I remember uh, I, when I was in college, I played, I played basketball, and, and I had this basketball small group that I kind of started up, and really it was just, I opened up the gym to a couple of my friends, and all of a sudden it was like 10 guys, and then we ran five on five, and then it got to 20 guys, and now I got to 30 guys, and, and I started panicking, you know, because I didn't know how to handle this, and I'm 19, and I remember praying to God. I'm like, God, would you send somebody, man? None of these guys, none of these jokers know Jesus, and they all need to know Jesus. So, God, I'm, I'm praying that you would bring somebody that would just help disciple them and, and mentor them. And so I'm praying, and now the thing gets to 40, and I'm praying even more, you know, and now it gets to 50, 50 guys. We had two courts and a gym going back and forth. They would wait an hour and a half just to play, and, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm praying for God to send somebody. Well, guess who the guy was? Yeah, it was me. It was me all along. Can I tell you, that was on my divine to-do list. And once I took ownership of it and said, you know what, this one's mine. Can I tell you, listen, my, the same hours of my day was spent at that gym every week. Every Friday night I was there. But when I flipped the switch and all of a sudden said, hey, this is my divine to-do list, everything changed. All of a sudden, I started approaching it differently. I wasn't just trying to play ball. I was trying to move people. I understood that there was a, this was on my divine to-do list, and, and, uh, and God grew that group, and, and it, was, um, it was just amazing, but, and I just want to encourage you, um, there might be some lawns that you could mow, that might be on your divine to-do list, and you know what, you just got to, hey, that's nobody else's, that one's mine, I'm taking that one, maybe there's a check that you could pay, maybe there's, there's a, a thank you card that you could write, maybe there's, there's a, a, a pair of tires that you could buy, I, I don't know what it might be, but there's a divine to-do list that God has called you to do, some of you in this room, you have really big ears. Guess what? God gave you those. So use them. Some of y'all just need to sit down and shut up and just listen to somebody. Some of y'all got a big mouth. Don't nudge your spouse now. Some of y'all got a big mouth. My, and my, my wife is Puerto Rican. That's all I have to say right there. But uh, uh, <laughs> She's probably the quietest one in her whole family. 
But let me tell you, it's loud over there. And I can just tell them already, hey, guys, guess what? I'll tell you what your spiritual gifts are. You need to encourage people. And, uh, and I'll tell you what, man, my mother-in-law, I don't know about your mother-in-law, <laughs> but my mother-in-law encourages me every time I see her. Hey, Glenn, you guys are great, man. I'm, man, you guys are going to pastor thousands. You're just, man, you just stick it in. I'm glad you married my daughter. I'm like, good, thank you. I'm glad you like that. Uh, and I don't know what your divine to-do list is, but, but everybody's got a divine to-do list. And I know for my wife and I, man, there's been times where we've, where we've paid for people's tires and, and we've paid for an electric bill or, or we paid for somebody's meal. We, and I know you've done the same thing, but those are on our divine to-do list. And we just got to take ownership and go, that one's mine, right? So let me give you three things this morning when it comes to good deeds. I want to help you. Three keys to, to, to help you in being rich in good deeds. Number one is this. Y'all with me? My good deeds should point to Jesus, not me. My good deeds should point to Jesus, not, not me. Matthew 5, verse 14. I love this is such a clear picture of this phrase. Look, look what the Bible says. You, meaning you, are the light of the world. Jesus is saying that you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand... And it gives light to everyone in the house. Now listen, in the same way, let your light shine before others. Listen, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. In other words, Jesus is saying, hey, you're the light of the world. People need to see in the midst of darkness light. But guess how they see it? It's not by the words you say, but by the deeds that you do. And in the truth, talk is cheap. We can either tell someone that God loves them or we can show someone that God loves them. And it makes all the difference in the world. And you're here today. Man, your good deed may be the only sermon that is ever preached. And your good deed opens up the door to the gospel being preached. I remember that same basketball small group that I was a part of. Uh, You know, it was just crazy. Fights were breaking out. There was a point where like almost three weeks in a row, the police came every single week. Just because something broke out, there was a gang member there, bam, bam, whatever. And, uh, and so I'm trying to handle this thing. And now we got, it was literally up to about, one time there was about 75 people there. It was just overwhelming. It wasn't good. Too many guys sitting on the sidelines and too many, too many trash talking for the next game. And it just got too wild. If you play basketball, you know what I'm talking about. And, um, and I just, I remember this guy coming up to me and he walks up and he says, hey, it, like the, the police came up and I almost said the popo, <laughs> the, uh, the popo showed up and, uh, and uh, the way that came from. Uh, and, uh, and he looked over at me and he said, hey, why are you doing this? There's that door, right? My good deeds don't point to me. They point to Jesus. There's that moment. There's that moment where I could. And listen, it wasn't, hey, because Jesus loves me so much. And he loves you too, brother. Come and give me a bear hug and let's hug it out and let's go get ice cream. You know, no. That's one of, and can I, be, can I be clear? You want to know how I got them there? I would go down to the outdoor courts. And I would, go, I would talk trash to every person and say, I'm going to cross you up right now. In fact, i got an indoor gym. If you show up on Friday night, I'm going to beat you. Me and my guys, we're taking you up. That's how they showed up, just for the record. It wasn't, hey, brother, just wanted to tell you that I love you so much. and So glad that you're here. And No, I was like, I'm going to dunk on your face this Friday night. Bring your boys. Let's do this thing, you know. And, uh, and they would show up. So, so, so it was already charged to get them there, all right? They're already feeling this heat with me, and I had to change my approach a little bit like that. So instead of dunking, I was like, I'm going to do a layup on your face. And, um, but I remember him walking up to me, and he says, hey, he, he goes, man, why are you doing this? I could point to Jesus. 
And, uh, and I'm, I'm trying to explain it to him. I'm like, man, you know, God's done some, something in my life, and then they're done. He's right in the middle of it. He just goes, that's it. I'm going to this church. I mean, that was his, that was his response. He's, I'm going here, and I'm telling everybody about it. He goes, because whoever the head guy is here, I mean, he didn't even know how to, like, to say pastor. You know, he, just, he said, whoever the head guy is here, the fact that they would let us ruin their gym every weekend, I'm here. I'm telling everybody about it. And can I tell you, he came to Christ. He came to Christ, and it was amazing. And listen, our good deeds open the door for others to hear. And, uh, you know, some, maybe, maybe you're here and somebody, one of your people on your divine to-do list, they need a meal bought for them. They need a meal cooked for them. This guy needed me to talk trash to him and cross him over out on the court. That's what he needed in that moment, right? Which brings me to point number two, which is this. My good deeds must help others in the way they need it, not in the way I want to give it. My good deeds must help others in the way they need it, not in the way I want to give it. And if a person's kitchen catches fire, don't offer to wash their car. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that's a nice gesture, but that's not what they need. If you want to do anything, go wash cars, gather some money, and help buy some cabinets. Because that's where they're in need of. Let's help them where they need it, not in the way that we want to give it. If somebody loses their, they're, they're losing their home, don't show up and offer them a couch They need food on the table. Go sell the couch because this thing isn't about you. It's about helping them where they are and let's meet them where they are, right? And Jesus did this more than anybody. In fact, Acts 10.38 says this about Jesus. It says Jesus went around doing good. He went around and he healed all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. In other words, he went around searching for ways that he could do good. Not, 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 not in what made him comfortable, because he would have never gone to the cross for us. But it wasn't about his comfort zone. It was about the other people, right? And we need to do the exact same thing. And one practical thing that we can do is just let's not give handouts. Let's give hand ups. And as we, give, as we give to people, as we're doing good deeds, it's not just about giving a hand out. It's about giving, giving a hand up. And... Uh, I, you know, just to give a little illustration, um, let's say it's Christmas time, and there's a family that you know, they've lost their jobs, and, and uh, they have no money to be able to put anything on the table, and they have no money to be able to buy Christmas gifts, and you got a little bit of extra money, and you have some discretionary income, and you came up with $1,000. Well, listen, you could do two, two things with that $1,000. You could either roll up with the wagon, and you got the nice little gifts, and you walk in there, and, and now they were already feeling a little bit, neg- a little bit of negativity about their father. And their father's probably feeling some identity things as he doesn't have a job to provide. Now you roll up, mom and dad or whoever you are, and you roll up with your pretty little wagon and your car out front. You walk in with all of these. And then if you don't watch it, you start buying them things they can't sustain, like an iPhone when they can't even afford the data plan, like an Xbox when they just sold their TV so that they can make rent for this month, right? And now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden, we're giving, you follow what I'm saying? Now, now all of a sudden it's, it's more about you. And now the father feels even worse than he did before you walked in there with $1,000 of gifts. Or you back the whole thing up and go, okay, I want to give this thing in the way they need it, not in the way I want to give it. And I, this could be a moment where everybody could put an Instagram photo about how cool you are and how generous you are. Or this could be a moment where God could get all the glory and we can help someone up. So instead of that, you pull them aside and say, hey, man, here's $1,000. Now, here's the deal. If you take this money, I don't want you to ever tell somebody that I gave it to you. And, and listen to me, you're going to get through this. And I don't want to ever think that I may not be there one day. 
And I pray that if I was there one day and I was going through Christmas, and I pray if you had enough income, I pray that you would do the same thing for me. This isn't a handout. I believe in you. This is an investment into your family. I want, to go, I want you to give your kids this Christmas, and you're giving it to them because my relationship with you is why I'm investing in you $1,000. I'm not giving your kids $1,000. You are. I'm giving you $1,000 because I believe in you. Right? I mean, it's just a different, right? It's not the way I want to do it. It's in the way they need it, right? Or, or let's, I just got back from a missions trip, and, and uh, missions trips are, are interesting when you go to a third world country, and, and you know, the, 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 the missionary over there might say something like, hey, don't give out any money. Don't give out any American money. And then all of a sudden, you got 60 bucks of discretionary income that you're going to buy keychains for your family with or whatever, and you see this cute little girl and their mom, and you can see that they don't have a lot of money, and so you automatically start pulling it out and you hand it 60 bucks. You know what you just did? You just negated the last 10 years of what that ministry was trying to do. Because we're not just about handing out. We want, to, we want to build them up. And so we're trying to teach them to be independent. And now all of a sudden, because you didn't think it through, now you're giving in the way you wanted to give it in the way, instead of the way they needed it. You had 60 bucks to give. Give it to the organization and let them grow them. Then try to do it yourself. Amen? Yeah, so let's give them the way that, we, that, that they need it, not in the way that we want to give it. And then let me just say this, man. Let's go the extra mile. In our generosity, let's go the extra mile. Has anybody ever heard that term before? Go the extra mile, right? Anybody played sports, right? You know what I'm talking about. Go, go in the extra mile. Do you know that came from Jesus? In fact, the Bible says in Matthew, can we put it up on the screen? If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Now let me explain the context of this verse. Some people don't know this. According to Roman tradition. If you were a Roman citizen, a Roman soldier could find anybody he wanted to, and he could, he could command them to carry his gear for only one mile. And so what he's talking about here is that he says, hey, if somebody commands you to, give, to carry the gear for a mile, don't just do a mile because that's what you're expected to do. No, you're under my kingdom, and I'm telling you, let's go the extra mile. And so I want to encourage you, as you're, doing, as, you're, as you're going to be rich in good deeds, man, let's try to go the extra mile with people. Maybe, you're, maybe, you're, uh, maybe you house-sit somebody and you help out their kids. Maybe one night you could, you could really just deep clean their whole house. And they came home and they, they would go, hey, man, can I give you some extra money? You go, no, no, this is on my divine to-do list. You ain't taking that from me. This is, this is a deed that I want to do for you. I just want to tell you I'm so thankful that you've even been able to give me some income. This has really helped me out, right? Or maybe, or maybe it's not just giving a $50 gift card, but it's writing a really thoughtful thank you card along with it that just went the extra mile. It was just totally unneeded. Or, or instead of just maybe giving two tires, maybe you do four tires and you take them out to dinner and make it one of the most memorable moments that they ever could have. And you know what I'm talking about. In this church, we, there are so many in this room, you do this already. And, uh, but let's go the extra mile. Am I in the right church this morning? you with me? And then point number three is this. My good deeds will glorify God through his church. I love this. My good deeds will glorify God through his church. So let me recap. Point number one is, uh, is, is my good deeds point to Jesus and not me. Point number two is my good deeds, I, I want to give them in the way they need it, not in the way I want to give it. And then point number three is, of course, my good deeds will glorify God through his church. And I believe, church, listen to me, I believe that the church is the hope of the world. I believe that. I believe the government cannot do what you can do in your seat. I believe, that, I, I believe that the church should rise up. We should be the most generous people in all the planet because of what God has done in us. And I'm not talking just finances. I'm talking in our lives that we would be known more for what we give than, 
than what we take. In fact, the Bible says this in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. It says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and... <laughs> so good. This is such a great sermon. Not giving up meeting together, right? Not gathering together as a church body, as some are in the habit of doing. Come on, we can say amen to that. There are some people that you used to come to church with that just kind of gave up, got offended. I don't know what happened, but they're not here today. And he says, man, but instead let's get together and let's encourage one another. Let's be encouraged. And I just see a community of people coming together where, man, we're just spurring one another on, on love and good deeds. We're not just spurring on one another so that we can sit in pews and be happy and have this great little service. No, we're spurring one another on so that we can go out and make a difference in our community. And so when we're talking to our neighbor, we're not just talking, you know, simple talk here at the church. We're saying, hey, man, what's going on in your life? What, what can we do differently? Hey, how could I help you? Hey, this is what I'm going through. And can I be clear? If you're struggling in something, let us know. My God, there are people in our church that want to help you. And sometimes we just don't even know about it. And one of the very practical ways you can do that is fill out your connection card every week. And if there's a prayer request that you, that you see there, man, let us know what's going on. We have deacons that want to serve you, that want to help you. There are guys in here, I promise you. And if, in fact, even right now, if I just said, hey, how many of you would like to help somebody in need? Almost everybody in the room would, right? And that's the type of church that we want to be, amen? And so let's look out for each other. Let's, let's encourage one another. And can I tell you that we are doing this? So this isn't like me coming here. I'm almost preaching who we already are. And if you're brand new to our church, you're going to experience that. We are known way more for what we give than what we take. Has anybody ever been a first-time guest here? I feel like we, like, hand you vehicles by the time you leave. I just feel like we're like, hey, we'll pay your first month's rent. We just love you so much. We're so glad you're here. I just want to tell you. Right? You know what I'm talking about? I mean, have you ever been to our VIP thing? If you're a first-time guest, come visit us. Man, we give, like, a $3.50 mug, and we spend, like, eight, I don't know. I'm serious. I, I know the numbers, man, because I'm always like, hey, why are we doing that? You know? Right? We're like, hey, we'll wash your car. Here, you want my child? We're so glad you're here. You know? Um, listen, and, and it's because we really live by this. We want to just, we want, we want you, no matter how, what, whatever you walk in here, we just want to give. We want to be known way from what we give than what we take, right? And that's just our heart, man. That's just our heart. And, and that's what's happening at our church. I want to celebrate just a few people in our church already that are doing good deeds, that are rich in good deeds. In fact, this last uh, summer, we had about 100 adults that got together and did this thing called the Churches Left the Building. How many of y'all were a part of that? Right? There are some in this room, I know. And I just want to give a few pictures here. But, man, they, we reached out to, to parents of, of, uh, of youth. Man, we fed, we fed uh, some homeless people. We fed some families that were in transition. In fact, we even had a young girl, Tiffany Castro. She's, a ninth, or she's in her freshman year of college. She got some students together, and they, they filled these boxes, these shoe boxes, and she called it Unbox Hope. And they went... They went out to the homeless and they gave them essentials like, you know, just deodorant and toothpaste and prayed with them. And, and then we, we had a team that went on a missions trip. In fact, I just talked to a couple out front. They were just telling me, they said, hey, you know, for us, every time we go out to dinner or lunch or anywhere at a restaurant, we have a flat fee that we always give and it's way beyond 20%. They said, and they were just telling us, I said, that must have been difficult at first, wasn't it? They said, yeah. But once they kind of brought it into their, in, just the way they budgeted now, so they know if they're going to go to Denny's and they're going to give a $7 tip, even if it's for a $3 coffee, they just know it's going to cost $10 to go to Denny's. So they either go or they don't go, but every time they go, they just, they're known for their generosity. In fact, um, this couple told me first service, can I share with you? Just, it was so cool. She said they, they bought this guy a, a steak dinner right here at the, at the Denny's, which is about $12 or something. And uh, the guy came over and, the, and, and the, wait, the waitress knew that they were going to buy the, 
the dinner. And so the waitress just treated this, what looked to be a homeless person, just with such dignity and respect. And the guy, by the end of it, he ate the whole steak, and he comes over to them, and he says, hey, I want you to know. They didn't say a word. They just bought his meal. He said, I want you to know I'm worth something. And he pulls out this, uh, this picture, and he shows his military ID. And he says, I w- once, there was once upon a time I was, worth, I was somebody. And this couple that sits, sits right here in the second row, he said, you're still somebody. We're honored to buy that meal. I mean, this is fun. It's not, it's not tedious. It's not hard. And, and we give how we're able to give. But, but we want to, and, and I just want to tell you, man, your church, or this church, man, we absolutely do this. And I'm so proud of each one of you that are rich in good deeds. Not just poor, not just middle class, but rich in good deeds. I want to close with this. I want to show you a video from our pastor. It's an embarrassing video, which as associate, I love that stuff. Uh, and uh, it's a video of pastor. Maybe you've seen this on Facebook, but he, uh, he accepted the ALS ice bucket challenge. All right. Now, hold on. Um, his, probably his best friend and longtime mentor, his name is Jack Loman. He went to be with the Lord July 27th in 2012, and he battled ALS all the way to the end. And, uh, and so this is kind of personal for him. You'll hear it when it comes out, but just his response. I just want you to check this challenge out for our pastor. Check this out. I've been nominated by Michael Quigley. This is in honor of my very best friend for 28 years, Jack Loman. Jack, you left a great legacy. You taught me how to be a great dad, a great friend, a great pastor, and your memory will live in my heart forever. I want to say thanks. All the things that you taught me, all the little things like no gaps, no cracks, small refinements of a good thing make something great. Jack, you were a great, great legacy and a great friend to me, and I want to say thanks. So I'm doing this in your memory. I want to challenge tonight Ken Mom, president of Portland Bible College. Alan Griffin, Evangelist to the Nations, and Pastor Gary Hall from Glad Tidings Assembly. That incredible. Have you? I think I've seen that move before on stage, haven't you? You kind of not sure what that was and he goes, man, I don't know what happened, man. I just got crazy on the video. I just thought that was so funny. Okay, so now that that pastor was challenged, I'm going to challenge you today, not with ice and buckets, don't worry, but with good deeds. I'm going to challenge you right here. Here's a practical thing. How many of y'all want to take the challenge? Go with me. You don't even know what it is yet, but you just, you're, just a bit, you're adventure enough. You just love it, all right? Now, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to put four things on the screen, four different numbers, and you have to pick one, and whatever it is, got to do it this week. All right? Can I have some fun? Okay? We've got to do it this week. All right, so I'm going to tell you what the four options are. We won't put them up on the screen yet. One of them is you've got to buy somebody's meal. Okay? Uh, one of them is you have to uh, buy me a meal. I'm just playing. You have to buy me a meal. One of them is you've got to buy somebody's meal. One of them is you have to bring someone to church. Not invite. Their, their butts are going to be next to your butts next Sunday. Okay? That's that. If you get that, that's what it is. Okay? Third one is that you have to eat at a restaurant and leave a big tip. Whatever big means to you. All right? Everybody's got a different, different, different level of big. All right? And then the fourth thing is you have to write a thank you card. Okay? A really thoughtful thank you card. Now, for the fellas, that's going to be a little awkward. I was thinking about that. I'm like, hey, Joe, just wanted to tell you, brother, that you're such a great guy. You know? So, but, but hey, but fellas, you might have to do it, all right? So if it's you. So how many of y'all are in? If you're in, raise your hand. You're in? Okay, now just keep it up. All right? Don't be ashamed about it. All right, you're in? Okay? 
All right, okay, so put it back down. All right, so here we go. I'm going to go with number one. I'm going to ask you how many. Don't put it up yet. How many I would say number one? Okay, number two. All right, number three. Okay, oh, we're doing, oh, we're doing three. Okay, <laughs> talking to the spouse. Number four. Okay, so let's try that again. Number one. All right, number two. Number three. Number four. Okay, you're going to do it this week, whatever it is. All right. So here we go. All right, well, let's see what number ones were. Number one, bring someone to church. All right, so that's you. So where are my number ones at? Okay, so you're bringing somebody. I didn't mean your spouse or your kids. All right, no, give me that. Hey, look, got him here. All right, so that's number one. Okay, all right. Number, how, where are my number twos at? Okay, so number two is buy somebody a meal. All right, that's what you got to do. And I know we got Chef right here. He may cook somebody a meal, but whatever the case can't be your family member. It can't be any of that. You're going to go, you're going to buy somebody a meal or cook somebody a meal. All right. So good deed for you. All right. So you can do it. Number three. How, where are my number three is at? All right. Number three. Let's see what it is. Right. And thank you, Carl. Where my, where my threes at? Where my guys at? <laughs> Justin. That's awesome. Yes. Both Justin. Hey, this right one to me. It's okay. You can be sappy. I'll, I won't think it's too crazy. Okay. Number three. And then where are my number four is at? Number fours. All right. Here's number four. Let's see what it is. Eat somewhere. Hey, yours involves food. Isn't that good? Come on. Eat somewhere. Somewhere my four is at? Four is at? Okay. You're going to eat somewhere and you're going to leave a big tip. All right. This week. Everybody got it? Can we put all four of them up there so everybody can see? Okay. So my ones, where are my ones at? They're getting less and less and less every time. Number two. Number two. Come on. Okay. Number twos. All right. Number threes. Okay. Number fours. Cool. Hey, and let's be known more for what we give than what we take. Let's not be poor. Let's not be middle class. Let's be rich in good deeds. Amen? Would you stand to your feet? And uh, let's bow our heads and close our eyes and just have a moment of response. We do this every week. As you bow your heads and close your eyes, there's nothing spiritual about it. It's just a really practical way to not be focused on everybody around you. But just take a moment. We don't want to be a church that just listens. That's Everybody can listen. We really want to do. We really want, I believe God's spoken to you today. We want to take a second and just kind of figure out what we're going to do with this thing. And the cool thing is that God is saying something different to everybody. That's how amazing he is. So you're here. Every head bowed, every head closed. What is God saying to you? What's God saying to you? Maybe it has nothing to do with my message. Maybe he's just really comforting you today. Just say, man, I love you. I'm with you. I forgive you. Maybe you're here and there's some things in your life that just aren't right with God. And as a good dad, he's coming to you just saying, hey, man, you got to get that right. Hey, man, lay that down. You don't have to walk around. That's, that's not going to end well if you keep it up like that. Maybe there's some people here, man, you've, you've made some tough decisions this week. And you just need God to just kind of affirm that. What is God saying to you? Maybe maybe he's revealing some things on your divine to-do list that you just need to take ownership of and say, man, that one's mine. What's God saying? Let me ask another question. With every head bowed, every head closed, uh, this is the most important question of the day. This is so incredible. But do you have a relationship with Jesus? And you know. I mean, the moment I say that, you either do or you don't. You know whether you have a relationship with God. And if you're, if, if not, man, if you're here and you're ready to make that decision, I want you to know that he loves you. He wants to forgive you of all of your sins. 
And if that's you, I'm going to ask you, will you pray this prayer in your heart? And you can repeat it after me, but you're here today. You want to give your life to Christ. Would you say this with me? Say, God, forgive me of my sin. I've fallen short. And I receive today your forgiveness of sin. I receive your grace. And I confess that Jesus is Lord of my life. Take my pain. Take my hurt. Take my past. Take my future. I'm putting my hand, my, my life, in your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I believe there are some people today that made that decision. Can we give them a huge hand this morning? We're so proud of you. Incredible. Incredible, man. I remember making that decision to follow Christ. And can, I, can I just tell you, I've... I've wouldn't trade it for anything. I, mean, I would, I would die for it. It's so good, you know. And, um, and I know that as you make that decision, God is just going to do amazing things in your life. Now, I just got one more question for you. It's just for everybody. But um, as the band plays at this end, um, I know we talked about what is God speaking to you. But are, do you have enough boldness to do it? And, and I felt like I felt like today, as I woke as I woke up this morning, I was praying for you. I just felt like there are there are people that were going to be here today. I believe in this room where you really want to give, you just feel like you have nothing to give. Maybe because life has been really difficult, it's been hectic, it's been crazy, you just felt felt alone, you felt dry in, your, in yourself. And as this band sings, and as we lead, just lead you in just one more song of worship, can I, can I encourage you to let it go? I, I want to echo what Keith said about that sustained. He woke up early, felt the exact same thing. We're in the exact same line. Just there are things that you're trying to sustain in your own self that just, God just wants to fill. And if you're here, you feel dry and weary. I want to give you these next few minutes just to respond to God and allow God to fill you up. You say, how do I do that? Man, I tell you, it's really simple. There's nothing crazy about it. You say, Jesus, you fill me up. God, I'm letting go of, of that hurt. I'm letting go of that pain. I'm letting go of that situation. I'm just receiving your wisdom. I'm receiving your grace. I'm receiving your spirit today. And God, I'm going to do what you've called me to do. That's you. Respond that way today. Let's leave here, change. Amen. Come on, Steve. Would you lead us?